My first recollection of reading about the extinct passenger pigeon was when I was in fourth grade at College Hill Elementary School in Skokie, Illinois. I checked out T. Gilbert Pearson's Birds of America and became so mesmerized I studied it relentlessly until the two-week period elapsed, after which I renewed it three consecutive times. Eventually, Mrs. Kelly, the librarian, encouraged me to sample other works that might interest me, including the Newbery Medal winner, Gay Neck, the story of a pigeon about an individual, Columba Livia, that flew messages on behalf of Allied troops in World War I. Although the story of the passenger pigeon crossed my consciousness while absorbing Edward Howe Forbush's account in Pearson, it became firmly lodged there in 1966 when I started birding as a 12-year-old. A year or two later, my supportive parents responded to my request by giving me a hardcover edition of A.W. Shorger's authoritative The Passenger Pigeon, Its Natural History and Extinction. Shorger was one of the country's premier historians of natural history. He spent 40 years collecting thousands of sources related to passenger pigeons, starting his research at a period early enough when it was still possible to interview people who had known the living bird. The pigeons not only affected the ecosystems of which they were undoubtedly a keystone species, but also the consciousness of the people who saw them. Accounts survive attesting to the presence of the pigeon hordes over every major city of Canada and the United States from the Atlantic coast to the Missouri River. They were part of the cultural and economic development of these two nations. As passenger pigeon historian John French wrote, they were martyrs to our progress. So this really is a story of people as much as birds. Indeed, the interaction between these two species is yet another element that makes the story of the passenger pigeon unlike any other. As late as 1860, one flight near Toronto likely exceeded one billion birds, and maybe three billion. Forty years later, the species was almost extinct, and by late afternoon on September 1st, 1914, it was completely extinct when Martha, the last of her species, died in the Cincinnati Zoo. Human beings destroyed passenger pigeons almost every time they encountered them, and they used every imaginable device in the process. Unrelenting carnage reduced the population to the point where it began its inexorable spiral to obliteration. Whether a concerted effort could have reversed the decline and altered the outcome was a question asked far too late for any attempt to have even been tried. I think that if an attempt had been mounted early enough to gather a sufficiently large and diverse group of breeding stock, they could almost certainly have survived, even if gone from the wild, because the bird bred readily in captivity. If a wild reproducing population had somehow survived a few more decades, it could have been protected by the strict conservation measures enacted in the 1930s, and based on scientific management, the species might still be with us, albeit in numbers much lower than billions.
Modern Americans and Canadians coexist with cranes, waterfowl, and blackbirds that move across the landscape in flocks of many thousands or even millions. So why not passenger pigeons?